0: to your kingdom and we thank you lord that each and every week we are able to do more and give more and have more testimony and help more and bless more and please you more as our faith continues to grow and we thank you for it lord in jesus name amen amen good evening thank you that's awesome i felt welcome in my own church that's a a good thing praise god (laughs) um well, this evening we are continuing on with Relationships and Marriage 101, and uh, this is part four, and tonight we're going to take a biblical look at marriage, and one of the things that I want to remind you about is this is not just talking about marriage, because sometimes what we want to do is we want to relate all this stuff just to a married couple, uh, and it is that, but it's also dealing with relationships, in other words, The things that will work in my marriage is also what will work in my relationships with other people as well. The only difference there is I'm not one with them and I'm not in a blood covenant bond with them. So there's a couple of things, uh, uh, elements that are different in that, but as far as how I should treat other people, it's almost the exact same. And so that's one of the things that's very important. And... This is the, again, just like the very first night that we were talking about it, relationships and marriage, particularly marriage, is a picture of God's love for all of mankind. And so when you have a picture of God's love for mankind, how important is it for us to walk in that kind of love, for us to walk in that kind of relationship? It's huge. If we don't understand how to walk in the relationship like God's asked us to, then the world's not seeing the picture of God's love for mankind in us. And they're missing out. This is a huge point. And so no matter where you're at in your Christian walk, it's very important for you to understand a marriage relationship to God because not only are you showing it to the world, but how you know him as your loving husband in the Spirit is how you will receive from him also. So a lot of times we haven't been receiving from him what we should have been receiving from him because we didn't know him like we should. So this is a huge series and a huge lesson for us to all learn and grow in. But I don't want you just to apply it to marriage uh, fellowships uh, only. I want you to to apply it to all fellowships Let's turn real quickly to Colossians three eighteen and 19. And then Hebrews 13 and 4. And then Ephesians 5. I'm sorry, I'm just kidding. <laughs> just kidding, just messing. So I want to give you a couple of scriptures right off the bat. and They kind of outline everything that we're talking about. We're going to get into a good bit more detail tonight. But what have we looked at so far? Uh, so the first night we were basically looking at um, what is this uh, what is this relationship in marriage? It is a biblical uh view of God's love for mankind. and then in night two, uh, we were looking at what is love, what is love, and this is going to be very important tonight to understand love because now you'll see how those things apply and then last week, Nicole was talking about honor. And uh, she was talking about how important it is to honor, and there's one point that she mentioned, and she kind of went over it uh, quickly, but I want to point it out again because this is huge to me. Uh, when this was pointed out, I think I heard it from Jimmy Evans when i when I saw this, it was amazing proverbs thirty one woman now proverbs thirty one woman, let me just ask you this question who's in proverbs thirty one who was it talking about? Whose actions was it describing? The man or the woman? The woman, right? Is that correct? Y'all agree? Amen. Just checking. <laughs> Just checking. All right. So it's talking about the woman and her actions. That's the whole chapter. And yet it says that the man is known in the gates. He's known as an elder. In other words, he's known as somebody with importance in the gates of the city. And why was he known? Because of the actions of the woman. As the woman honored her husband, it raised his honor in the sight of everybody. Let me throw this at you. As we honor Christ as we honor him by doing what we need to do, it honors Christ in the gates of our city. You see? A lot of times, uh, you can look at that a couple of different ways. One is how we honor Christ and how we elevate him. But our actions, our um, the diligent faith, diligent trust towards God in that scripture that Nicole just read in Hebrews 11, 6, that diligent trust towards him, diligently seeking him, our actions are either going to raise him up in our environment, or they're going to lower him. He's either going to be honored in the uh, atmosphere that we live in, in, in the place that we live in, or he's going to be lowered based on our actions. The other thing is this, is ladies and men, I think you can apply this both ways, is that you're, a lot of times I'll see, and Nicole and I have talked about this quite a good bit, and she, she would come to me and she'd say, I'm just so frustrated watching women rip their husband to pieces, either you know in all different kinds of ways. And, and the husbands do the same things to wives, but since it's talking about ladies, we'll just keep it there. So, and he's, she would say, I'm just so frustrated. Don't they know that what they speak over their husbands lifts them up or tears them down? You know, one of the main things when I was not doing some things right and I was trying to fix myself but having a hard time and she started praying over me. And, you know, before that she'd been going and, and uh, I think she said it some, she'd been talking to her mom and, and kind of ripping me up a little bit. And the Holy Spirit got on to her and said, you need to start calling him who he is. Stop seeing him for what he's been doing and start seeing him for who he's going to be and speak that call that, honor him. And as she honored me, I stepped out of the funk that I was in and into what God had called me to be. And so when you hear me say, hey, I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for her. It's very true. Very, very true. And the same thing goes for me uh, to her. I need to call her blessed. I need to call her highly favored. I need to call her having the wisdom of God. These things are huge. They're very important. Amen. So, Colossians 3, 18 says this. Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. So you have two things right here that really wrap this, wrap this up. Wives, submit to your husbands as, as is fitting for those who belong to the Lord. So in other words, you know what? We should be submitting ourselves. The word says submit yourselves one to another. Okay? So this goes into every relationship and every fellowship. We need to submit ourselves to one another. In other words, we need, to, we need to take that role. And One of the first things we're going to talk about is proper submission and authority because understanding that is huge. But wives and husbands, you should submit yourselves to one another. You, you should stop looking at yourself first and start considering the other one first. Amen? And then uh, husbands, love your wives and never treat them harshly. Now I don't you know, I don't think we have to raise our hand on uh on whoever's ever done that, ever treated their spouse harsh, harshly, but I'm sure that it's all of us in some form or fashion. You know, even if they never knew about it, we could treat them harshly. And this is something we gotta keep in mind. And just coming at them harshly, you know, why did you do this? You know? A few weeks ago I said something to Nicole, um gasped. Oh, you know, yeah, I did. And um I said something, and I I don't, I don't remember even what it was now, and hopefully she doesn't either. And um, but I I was sitting there going, whatever I said, as soon as I said it, and it, and it wasn't as bad as stuff we used to do, but it was not like I you know really act now. And so I just I, I remember as soon as I said it, I was like, oh God, Brian, that was rough, you know, and I just needed to ask. You know, for repentance over that, I'm sorry for saying it at that level. It doesn't matter if it's true or not. Who cares if it's true? I shouldn't have said it in that kind of harshness. She's one with me, you know? So we don't ever want to treat them harshly. And if we do, just ask for repentance. And if that's you, let's say that. Let's say that you, you know, hey man, I treat them harshly. I only, I can't even count all of them. Well, just go to them and start saying, hey. I, You know, I repent, and I just I ask you to forgive me. You know, go to them. Go to them tonight. Don't waste time. Get out your phones right now. No, I'm kidding. You can wait till after we're done. They'll be all right. <laughs> They'll be okay. Hebrews 13.4 says, Marriage is to be held in honor among all. Now, just think about that. We should all honor marriage. You know, I don't think that this is just talking to the people in the marriage. I think this is talking to the people uh, around the marriage as well. You know, so in, in other words, if I'm looking at a marriage, and I need to treat that marriage with honor as well. In other words, if I see... If I see uh, Lee and Chris and they're, you know they're in, they're in their marriage, and I need to make sure that I uplift it. If I'm going to honor it, then I'm going to add weight to it and weight places where I can see to lift that thing up and, and keep it holy before the Lord and bless it and, and pray over it and everything. You know I need to do that too, just like y'all need to do the same thing. In other words, marriage is to be held in honor among all among all. In other words, you see a marriage, you see a covenant, and it represents the covenant between Christ and us. Just because it looks like the covenant between Christ and us, we ought to honor it, you see? Second, the marriage bed is to be undefiled. For fornicators and adulterers, God will judge. Keep it undefiled. Keep the mess of the world out of it. It is a beauty. It is a gift. Uh, The marriage bed is definitely a gift. And it is something that God gave to us to enjoy, but we've got to keep the world out of it. We can't bring the world's junk into that place. Amen. 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 Everybody got real stiff when I started talking about marriage, man. No. All right, let's turn to Ephesians 5:21 through 24. So we're continuing looking at a biblical look at marriage. Ephesians five twenty one through twenty four in New American Standard says this, and be subject to one another in the fear of Christ or in the reverence of Christ. So we we should be we sub, uh, we should subject ourselves to one another. Okay, this is it. It's how are you going to subject yourselves? To everybody you know the correct way if you don't realize that god told you to subject yourself to one another you know let let's say that let's say i'm mad at roger bad roger all right good i'm sorry i'm mad at roger right does that give me a right to carry on in that anger and in that being mad no i've got to subject myself to christ as i subject myself here to roger in other words, I don't have a right to continue being mad. I'm not mad. Um, I don't have a right to continue being mad. I've got to get under the love of God. I've got to get to acting in the love of God. So one of the big keys is let's subject ourselves to one another. You know, Start thinking about one another more. Well, this is the first key of moving in the right place in marriage. Let's consider one another. Wives, be subject to your own husband's As to the Lord. I'm going to go ahead and read through verse 24. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. So in other words, be submissive to your own husbands. Now, I know that's a favorite uh, uh, scripture that's read by the female gender. And I just say, it's all right. I think you're getting the better end of the deal. Um, But hold on. For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church. He himself being the Savior of the black. Um, Let me just point out when I said I think you're getting the better of the, that was me joking in a very dry way. That's not true. It's an equal piece. I would say, just so you know, I was joking. Some people still don't know all of my humor, and I apologize for that. I want, since I'm teaching, I don't want you to get the wrong idea or think that I meant that. Yeah. For the husband is the head. Todd, <laughs> Todd said, "Amen." And Nicole laughed. All right. for the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so also wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. So here's the thing. The first thing that we need to look at in the biblical look at marriage is we need to understand true submission and authority. Because as soon as you bring up submission and authority, in today's society, there is a perverted look at submission and authority, um, and not just in you know a perverted sexual way. It's perverted just in general. Uh, submission and authority is just not looked at correctly. Uh, there's a whole lot of things that go through people's minds just when you say those words. Uh, you've got... You've got some people who literally go to a sexual perversion place. You've got some ladies who go, "Oh my gosh, I'm going to be under I can't take the the pressure and being under the thumb of a man." You know, uh, you've got, you know, all these different weird ideas that's not right. And so if in or, other words, in order for us to understand a biblical look at marriage, first thing we need to understand is when God says for wives to be submissive and husbands to be in authority, how does he mean? And the greatest thing to do is look back at the exact example that he's using in front of us. He's showing us the example of him to the church. And so this question, I have one question that I ask people, and you need to understand this in order to un- to get this. This one question really kind of uh, shows this. You're talking about Jesus is an authority over the church. God the Father is an authority over Christ. And you see proper submission, proper authority from the Father and proper submission from Jesus to him. Here's the one question that I help, that I ask to help keep that clear. At what point in your Christian life has God made you do what is right? Held you under his thumb and made you do what is right? None. So a proper authority... How often is it going to make you do something and force you to do it? It's not going to do it. So that right there just blows away the, the world's look At submission and authority. That basically rules everything that the world brings and has uh, uh, diluted the power of submission and authority. But when you understand true submission and authority is based and grounded in love, now all of a sudden, when you move in submission and authority, it's huge. It brings a huge power uh, into any fellowship and any relationship. So this is a proper authority is never holding its thumb down on somebody. What is it doing? It is a proper authority is saying, hey, this is right, this is wrong. Make a choice. This is right, this is wrong. Make a choice. This is right. This is wrong. I'm telling you in love over here that this is the right thing to do. This is the right place to go. This is the right direction for you to head. And you know based off of my love that it's going to be the best thing for you. Whether you can see it in the, in the uh, present or you can see it in the future, it makes no difference. Because you know my love, you're going to know that this is the best choice. And so, I'm not making you do it. I'm not forcing you to do it. I'm just opening it up so that you can see it, and I'm helping you to see it. Now, I can be doing that all day long, but if there's not proper submission to that authority, they won't even be hearing that. You see? So, you have to have proper authority and submission. And when you look at submission, here's the question about submission. Is submission needed uh, before you disagree? submissions really only needed when you disagree when you would do it differently okay for example uh, would jesus have done something differently from the father in the garden of gethsemane yes he would have his will says he said look father not my will but yours be done he would have chosen he won in other words his flesh and his thinking wanted to go another way but because he was submitted to the father Even even though his flesh was disagreeing, he was showing us such a great example. Even though his flesh was disagreeing with the Father in that moment, the whole of who he was was disagreeing with the will of the Father. He said, look, I submit to you. And that's what released the power for the world to be saved. There's a power in submission and authority. And this is a key to a marriage most marriages are not producing the power and the glory for God because they don't understand pr- true and proper submission and authority. So now, <clears throat> with that in mind, let's look back at these verses. Wives, be subject to your own husbands as to the Lord. Now, see, here's one of the problems with marriage not looking the way that it should right now is how many people do you know that are fully submitted to the Lord? Anybody can name five that are wholly submitted to the Lord? There's no hands going up, right? So then when we say, all right, submit to your husbands, wives, submit to your husbands as you submit to the Lord, they're going like, well, God, I don't hardly ever do that anyway, you know? Okay. But they're not really submitted. So no wonder our marriages sometimes look the way they look because we really haven't had this relationship, right? Because we haven't fully committed ourselves this way. So all of this works together and as we make the right choices and we start learning who God is and what he wants and we start honoring him and submitting to him, then all of a sudden all of our fellowships and all of our relationships start to go together and we start to get it going all in the right direction and then all of a sudden the blessing of God can just be poured out in your in your relationships in your marriages in your walk with him because we understand it. Now see I can look at God because I know that he is who he is and I know that he's love and I can say, "Lord, I can submit to you." It's easy. Once you know who he is, it's easy to submit to him because his love demands that it's going to bless me when I choose him. Listen to that again. His love demands that it's going to bless me when I choose him. It demands it. So it's easy for me to submit to him. It's easy. But here's, here's the thing. Husbands, is your love proof that a wife can submit to you? Has your love in the past, you know, a choice and a commitment to unconditional giving at the leading of God? Has your love been a proof to your wife that, you, that she can submit there? Well, see, if we're loving on each other, it doesn't just go. You know, a husband can't just go. Look, I'm going to be a mean sucker, and I and I'm just going to. You're going to submit to me, cause God says it. <laughs> Pull out the God card. Well, that doesn't work. This is a mutual thing. This is a mutual thing. But here's the now. Here's the question, wives. Does God say submit? Just when he's nice? Is that in there? No. So part of you starting this train to get rolling down the right tracks in the right direction and building up steam is being obedient to what you know how to do no matter what. And and husbands, you may have a wife and she may be nagging you and just you know, being all kinds of uh, junk and mess to you, but that doesn't mean that you don't love her like you love yourself, like Christ loves the church that you consider her above yourself. So it doesn't matter. And see, here's the thing. That's what unconditional means. So if you're in love, you're in unconditional giving. That's what it means. No matter what they're doing, I'm going to do the right thing. True submission and authority. For the husband is the head of the wife. Now see, this is a truth. This is something that our society, definitely certain groups, uh, don't want to acknowledge but if you want to walk in the power of God, then the, you've got to stand on the word of God and the promises of God. And wives, as much as you might not like it, and husbands, as much as you sometimes might not want to be this, you're the head. You are the head. It is true. Now, the, again, our thinking, when I say that, I can feel the resistance to it because our thinking in this society doesn't understand true submission and authority. But when you understand true submission and true authority, you understand that my job is to be uh, this head in, in my home. My job is to be connected to the head so that I can hear what is love and I can go after the things of God. In other words, I'm here, I'm in this position by God, I need to accept it, I need to make the decisions, hear from him, make those decisions, but because it's a true, remember, Jesus didn't just call us slaves and servants anymore, he called us friends, he shared with us, you saw the heart of the Father, partnering with mankind, even though God the Father knew what to do, knew how to do it, he would go to Abraham and say, hey. What you wanna do here? Hey, what you wanna do here? Moses, you know, I'm I feel like destroying these people. Moses, please, Lord, don't do that. He it wasn't because God didn't know what he was gonna do. He's letting man partner with him. In other words, man in your household, you are not the one holding your thumb down. This is what we're gonna do. No, that's not what it is. You're you know, remember that first lesson where it says and talks about that Eve came out of the core of who, uh, of who Adam was. Eve was out of the core of who he was. This means, this means that in the relationship, Nicole and I, we're both 100%, 100% with one another. Now, if a decision's got to be made, we got something timely, which almost never happens because we don't move by pressure. We're not going to be moved by the worldly pressure. We just sit back till we hear from God and generally till we are both in agreement on it. We'll both have the same leading that then we know what to do. And that is how, but I'll say, okay, yep, this is it. And I put my stamp as the head. We agree together this is the right direction, the right thing to go in Jesus' name. And now there's a power there that's released because you're moving in the order and authority of God. Does that make me greater than her? No. No. It just means we're a team. I'm playing my role, she's playing her role, and together we make an awesome one. Amen? For the husband is the head of the wife, as Christ also is the head of the church, he himself being the savior of the body. Think about that. that. When the head, when the husband receives his role he becomes a savior to the body or he he becomes a sa- a savior to his household to his wife let me let me put it this way when a husband is acting as a loving head in authority in this fellowship with Christ made one with his wife it opens up let me let me say it this way it opens up salvation in their household it opens up healing in their household it opens up provision in their household it opens up restoration it opens up uh, uh, deliverance it opens up direction when a husband is doing what he needs to do and a wife is doing what she needs to do it opens up the, the things of God in their household but as the church is subject to Christ so also the wives ought to be to their husbands in everything. So this is we've got to understand this submission and authority. Now, to wrap this section up, I want to read uh, Ephesians, the same verses, but read them in the message, and just let these speak to you. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Be courteously reverent to one another. Wives... Understand and support your husband in ways that show your support for Christ. In other words, support your husband the same way you support Christ. Let me put it this way. Uh, And since it just said wives, but I want husbands to take this personal as well. Uh, Wives, if Jesus was in the room, would you talk to him the way you just talked to your husband? Would you think towards him, towards Jesus, the same way that you just thought about your husband? Husband, same thing. Would you talk towards your wife the same way you talk to Jesus? Let me let me let me put it this way. Husbands, do you think Jesus would talk about you as the church the way that you're talking about your wife? Or he's only going to speak life. He's going to speak faith, promises. Is Jesus going to say one word that's idle? Mm-mm. No. Absolutely not. Would he think towards the body like you just thought towards your wife? You, you, now listen, you start thinking these kind of thoughts and like anything in the marriage bed, stuff like that, that starts getting cleaned up. Because you got to think about it. What he's relating this to is you in christ i I know this is this is something where he you know just helping clean me up from the world, and even though i i I would say that I had a pretty clean existence as far as holiness goes compared to other people, I still had junk, I just had mess, and one of the things he was cleaning me up in was when we when we got married and he was starting to talk to me, and he was telling me how to treat her he 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 made me see. Uh, Jesus, when I looked at her, I saw Jesus. If I wouldn't do it to Jesus, I don't need to be doing it to her. The same thing, that should go back and forth both ways. Well, that'll change your thinking. (laughs) That'll change your thinking in all kinds of areas, all kinds of ways. Out of respect for Christ, be courteously reverent to one another. Wives, understand and support your husbands in ways that show Your support for Christ. Now again, what we want to do here is we want to show support. Remember the Proverbs 31 that honored a husband and her her husband was honored in the gates of the city. Well, the same ways that we would do that for Christ, that we would honor him, we want to do that for a husband. And that goes back to are we actually living the life that God's asked us to be living? Because if we're not even living that, no wonder our marriages are where they're at. You see? So how we actually pick up the pieces of our life through Christ and say, man, I've got to get this fixed and i got to get this fixed and start piecing our lives back together to look like Christ not, doesn't just bless us in our day-to-day lives, but it is directly proportionate to how your marriage is going. Because as you live your life Christ-like, in, the, in everything, you're going to live it in your marriage as well. And if you're not living it in your life, it makes it even harder for you to live it in your marriage. 23. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church. Not by domineering, but by cherishing. The husband provides leadership to his wife the way Christ does to his church, not by domineering, but by cherishing. Christ cherishes us. He cherishes us. And the husbands, this is the way that we should cherish our wives. They're special. You know that verse, um, there's the verse that says, uh, women are the weaker vessel, right? And of course, uh, men have enjoyed preaching that and uh, making them out to be something that they're not you know what that actually means? That means if you had something, let me just use this water bottle. Let's say that this water bottle um, this lid's on good and tight. Good. If this was just an everyday thing, right? We'd be like, "Oh man, I'm about done with that." Mm, and throw it, and that thing rolled. <laughs> I hope we can catch it and get it. I, I don't. I want you to have your drink back. So, <laughs> but. It, we just toss it to the side because it's an everyday thing. But the weaker vessel is talking about this. It's, it's talking about um, if you had something that was priceless and precious, right? you would take that priceless and precious thing and you wouldn't just toss it to the side you would find a high place to put it up so that it would not have be in danger of being knocked over it's saying uh, what it's saying the weaker vessel is it's saying you would treat it as one that was weaker and you would cherish it by putting it in a place where it would never get hurt that's what that verse is talking about that's what it's talking about right here. As we cherish, uh, here, we're going to go off camera. Go retreat. Roger's bottle. Awesome. So, we need to cherish our wives like Christ cherishes the church. 24. So just as the church submits to Christ, As he exercises such leadership, wives should likewise submit to their husbands. Um... We'll do this section, then we'll uh, call it quits after this. The second thing here is in Ephesians 5, 25 through 30. It says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself up for her. So this is saying right away that, look, we need to be willing to give ourselves for them. Give ourselves for our wives. In other words, when it comes down to it, we ought to consider their life more important than ours. We we give ourselves to them. This is a huge point. Let me uh let me think about it. Let me put it to you like this. Um We we kind of mentioned this, I think, on the first night, that you need to consider uh, it goes on later on in verses, that's why I'm, I'm trying to connect the pieces here. There's a verse later on that says, you need to love her the way you love yourself. You know? In other words, I, and this verse is saying that you need to love your wife so much so that when if it came down to a question in an instant, without even thinking about it, just coming straight out of you, out of the core of who you are, uh-uh, I'm giving myself for her. So you know, as a pastor, that's what I have to do with y'all as well. You know, is as a head, this is what we're doing. We're giving ourselves a lot of a lot of leadership. Uh, in some churches, have had that wrong. They think that your job is to serve me. Mm-mm, no, the proper authority is always giving themselves. They're serving. You see, and as they do that, it's right for. Uh, Us to honor one another back and forth and that is how love comes out That's that's how love is displayed. That's how love is manifested in our lives And we've got to do that as husbands in to our wives. We've got to be willing to give ourselves more in other words um, I think this may be true. Um, I Think it's kind of you can kind of see it when uh, we get sick Right, if we're sick and home in the bed, right, and the husband, the I, I've noticed this with Nicole. Like, she gets sick, she'll still try to make everything for everybody, but the husband will be like, "Oh God, help me! Oh baby, help, help!" You know, and and let and let and it's true, it's true. But according to that verse. It really ought to be the other way around. Is that true? It is true. I'm telling on myself now. We ought to honor them and give ourselves for them in that moment. And um, I think that we've gotten that backwards um, some, particularly in today's society. And I think that's just one of the proofs of it. So maybe we should let me put it this way, men, maybe we should go back to the drawing board and kind of take a look at that. you know maybe that that example alone should make you say, hmm, maybe i should maybe I should go back and and take a look at how I'm honoring my wife in that way. Amen <clears throat> And then he says, if he gives himself up for verse twenty six so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing." of water with the word. So the point of a husband doing his job correctly is to make her more and more honored, to make her beautiful, to help her be the cleanest she can be and the most beautiful that she can be. That he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she would be holy and blameless. Nicole, will you come here for a minute? So here here's what that's saying is is this i can remember um all right just in here so a few a few years ago um she would she almost never spends money on herself or on her clothes or something like that i would i would have to force it, force her to go hey you need some new clothes you know and uh she wouldn't want to do that and um Receive woman, okay, no sorry, um, <laughs> so anyway she would uh she would not go do that, and so I remember a few years ago I'm like looking at her wardrobe and and I would get clothes for Christmas or whatever because her mom would buy them for me, and she would buy I me mean, you know stuff, but I would be you know I generally would buy other stuff besides clothes, but so I would constantly have at least a few new things, but then i was I was sitting there going, man, she needs some new clothes. And I, I, there's a couple of times where we just went out and we just bought like you know five or six, seven different outfits, and um, it was you know it was just what we I needed to do. And so what was I doing by by honoring her? I was making her just more beautiful and helping by me honoring her. I just made her more presentable. Well, who's that going to bless? Now I stand back and I look and I'm like, yeah, baby, looking good. <laughs> All right. So anyway, so I, I, who was I really honoring? Me. Now, I wasn't thinking that when we went out and bought those clothes, but by me loving on her, I really ended up loving on myself. I presented her to myself as as one in in these fresh, nice-looking clothes and and dresses and, and outfits and stuff. And so not only did it bless her, but it blessed me as well. And when we honor our spouse, that's exactly what happens. And so read this again with that in mind. So that he might, when he gives himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present to himself the church, In all her glory. Now see, we're not just talking about the church. We're talking about a wife. That we might present to ourselves. When I honor her as as a husband, I'm presenting to myself a beautiful bride. A beautiful bride. Having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she would be holy and blameless. In other words, even my honor helps her to be more holy and and walk better. Think about that for a second. Husbands, how you treat your wife, helps her to be more godly. Helps her to walk it out. Now, how much is it worth for you to give up pieces of your flesh to honor her? Because now we're talking about not just affecting you know, her and you. We're talking about affecting Christ. We're talking about affecting everybody around. Thank you. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. And I've used this example again and it's one of those examples that you probably should hear, you know, a hundred times just this year and that is when we are considering other people, particularly our husband or our wife and our relationships in in those uh, marriage uh, covenants and relationships, then the thing that we need to do is we need to start taking other people into consideration before we take ourselves into consideration. And what I love is, and I've said this, you've heard me probably use this example, this is the example that you need to hear over and over and over again is, I love it. When she takes the time to think about what do I like, right? Doesn't that make you feel good when somebody thinks about what you would? Isn't that just an honor and a blessing, you know? Like tonight, um, we got a message from Paige and, and they had some stuff going on. One thing she said was, and I've been coughing up and not feeling good and just feeling all stuffy, right? So that's what Paige had sent us before service. So what's, you know, a pastor's natural fleshly thought towards that? Well, I guess they won't be there tonight, you know. So then I pull in to the parking lot. I'm like, that's Paige's car. That's Paige's car. She's here. Praise God. You know what that did for me? Man, she was not just honoring me. She's honoring Christ, right? She's taking into consideration what is important and thinking about what would Jesus like and, and what needs to happen? And, and good job. You know, that's awesome. And we do that. We do that a lot. But here's the thing. What a blessing when somebody takes time to think about what's the right thing to do. Now, if I'm one with Christ, here's the thing. A lot of people don't realize it when I tell them they did something for Christ. And I'm like, thank you. Thank you for doing that. They're like, I didn't do it to you. Yes, you did. Because I'm one with Christ. See, and that's just it. When you did that just by being here tonight, you're blessing Christ. It's blessing me too since I'm the pastor and I like seeing people here. But it's blessing Christ. Man, that, that blessed me. She took time to think about it. When you take time, when somebody takes time to think about you and what you like, they're taking consideration towards you. That's loving on you. And how good does it feel? Well, if it feels good to us, then we ought to love our own wives as we love ourselves. So if I love that for me when somebody doesn't, does that to me, shouldn't I do that for other people too? Shouldn't I take time and think, what would they like? This is a great habit to get into. I And I try to do stuff like this all the time. I don't always do it the best, but I definitely try to think, what would be the biggest blessing to Todd? I mean, what would... What would be a good blessing to Sherman? What would be a good blessing to Tara and Deb and Nana and Mike? What would be a good blessing to Lee? What would be something that would just just bless them? And so as I'm praying, I'm seeking the Lord for, for words of wisdom. What's something they just desire and want right now? I'm doing that all the time. I used to not do it. I'm better at it now, and I don't always do it like I should, but I'm trying to think because why? I want to love on you. Well, this is how we ought to treat each other in our marriage, too. You know, like uh, I think she told you last week when she came back in town, and I just wanted, I mean, the house was probably a wreck compared to what she would wanted to see it, but we tried to straighten up some and just had some purple flowers sitting there on fresh cut purple flowers. Why? Because I knew she'd enjoy those just walking in the door, right? And I think you talked about those last week. I think I remember hearing about that. And what does that show? It just shows, hey, I'm thinking about you more. And, and let me tell you, when she was out of town, I had zero time. Zero. So, but I, I manufactured some just so I could do that. I made sure to stop and think and plan so that I could have those at the right time. Well, what does that do for her? Well, she wants to honor me over that. I mean, that I just sowed. She, she won't say, hey, let him reap a harvest. Let me love on him back, right? Well, you start doing these things and you're, you just got this cycle of sowing and reaping the love of God going between you and your spouse and it just gets more and more and more and more beautiful, amen? So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself and that's a huge key. When I love on her, see, if I don't understand that we're one, then I don't get that. I just constantly keep looking at myself. But when I start to understand, we're one. When I bless her, I bless me. You know? It's kind of like, that's easy logic right there. It's like, man, let me do that a lot. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ also does the church. Because we are members of his body. Let me read this in uh, the message. I really liked how it put this. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A love marked by giving, not getting. Let me just read that verse again. Husbands, go all out in your love for your wives. Exactly as Christ did for the church. A loved marked by giving, not getting. And and just like all of these principles, all these principles are love principles. So in other words, just because it says husbands here doesn't mean that wives can't do the same thing. Yeah, you, you can and should because that's love. But it makes sure what it's setting is you're the head. Hey, hey, dude, you're setting the tone here, right? Husbands, go all out. Verse 26. Christ's love, listen to this. Christ's love makes the church whole. His love makes her whole. Husband, your love makes your wife whole. His words evoke her beauty. Have your words been evoking the beauty of your wife, the true beauty? Wives, have your words been evoking the strength and honor in your husband? Everything he does and says is designed to bring the best out of her, dressing her in dazzling white silk, radiant with holiness. I love the way this reads. And that is how husbands ought to love their wives. They're really doing themselves a favor since they're already one in marriage. No one abuses his own body, does he? No, he feeds and pampers it. That's how Christ treats us, the church, since we are a part of his body. If we would learn how to walk in God's plan for our marriages, we would see something produced out of it that is so beautiful, so pure, so lovely, so powerful... So giving, so glorifying of God. So uh, uplifting to our heavenly walk. Can you see where we've been missing it in our marriage? And it's not just been affecting our marriage, it's been affecting everything. But yet, it doesn't matter where you have come, you know, that you could be sitting in a situation where you're sitting there like, golly, if I could just get my husband to look at me, I'd be happy, right? You could be sitting in that place or, golly, if I could just get my wife to stay off my back, and you know, just one day, one, one hour, I'd be happy. It doesn't matter where you're at. You start in uh, applying the things of God. And his love will not return void. You can start the turnaround right now, today, in your marriage. doesn't matter if you're at the bottom of the heap in your marriage. Or if you're at the top, it can get better and better and better. Because what we're really talking about here is not your efforts. We're talking about simply allowing the love and power of God to flow through you. That's what we're talking about. Lord, we just thank you tonight for... The gift of marriage. Lord, thank you that we understand true submission and authority. Thank you that we understand that we are to love one another as our own selves. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy. And just, like I said, Lord, thank you for the gift of marriage. What a gift and what a beauty it is. What an honor. We just look, seek to honor you. Let me me pause that prayer and just mention this to you. I, I feel like I should say this. Maybe you've never seen what a good marriage looks like. Maybe you've never seen, maybe somebody watching, you've never seen, maybe the example of marriage that you've seen really stunk. Well, because people did it wrong and they messed it up, don't hold back on trusting God that he knows how to get it right. He's bigger than that situation. He's bigger than what you've seen. He can become things that you can't even imagine, much less see. Lord, we thank you that you can take things and change them. That you can take uh, dirty, rotten, foul fellowships and relationships and marriages and turn them into a beautiful couple. Turn them into a beautiful relationship. Thank you, Lord, for hope. Lord, right now we take hope into our future through Christ. We take hope into our future in our marriage. We take hope into our future. We don't stand at the same place and just complain about what we've seen and what we think is coming up. We reach into your word. We see your love that demands blessings. And we take hope in it and grab a hold of it and we apply faith to those things that we can't see with our physical eyes yet but by faith we see with our spiritual eyes and we grab a hold of hope and let our, and we speak to those uh, marriages, we speak to those relationships and say you be godly in Jesus' name. I will lit a love in an unconditional love, Lord. And I praise you for it. Lord, I thank you for marriages becoming what they are supposed to become right now today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have a good night.